Welcome to Increased Capacity, the audio program that's all about beauty, truth, and goodness. I'm Jesse, and I'm joined by co-host Dan, as always, and we're kicking it. It's episode, what is it, four? Four, yeah. I almost said three, but yeah. Four and ready for more. We're seniors. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, we're in the studio broadcasting out of WXPI, uh, 88.5 FM, Williamsport Community Radio, and very excited. We have another guest. We have our second guest in the studio, and um, yeah, let's let's introduce him. Josh? Go ahead and... Hello. Take the floor. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, my name's Josh Garner, um, and uh, I have. Uh, I've been a Williamsport native, actually yeah. in Torresville, but rural in Torresville. Um, nice. And uh, I've just. I, I love our area. Yeah. You know, I, I went and moved away for a while, and then came mm-hmm. back, and I'm happy to be home. Uh, yeah. I, I think that the the Williamsport wall is, is <laughs> good for me, and yeah. plus I'm a musician, and yeah, that's right. And I do any kind of odd jobs I can, you know, <laughs> just to pay the bill. So I'm a I'm a experimenter of life. So we're so glad you're here. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Why don't we tell people a little bit, little bit about the show? Increased capacity is the name of the show, and you know, just for for Josh's benefit. And, and first time listeners, you know, who, who may not understand what, what that means. Um, it's, it sounds cool. You know, it's like a, uh, uh, it capacity has almost like an audio sound to it, like a feel to it. Right. Capacity. Yeah. Like the flux capacitor. almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, and then, it, and then we're increasing it. So that's cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So like make it loud, but the, uh, the, the deeper meaning, um, and what I like to tell people about is that, Increased capacity is a uh, it's a riff on a concept by um, a, a, a philosopher that I'm keen on, and he has a very uh, kind of sort of aesthetic way to um, define evolution. Okay, it's very aesthetic and it's very you know when it comes down to it, consciousness centric. Um, the, the philosopher is Alfred North Whitehead. Um, he was a British uh, British British guy, um, but ended up you know teaching at Harvard in the philosophy department, but he started out as a mathematician. Um, and, um, and that, that was, that was his, his, um, his discipline, his vocation. And, uh, so a mathematical physicist, but ended up getting into like philosophy at, at an older age, um, and, and taking over, uh, William James's spot at Harvard and teaching philosophy. But so his definition of, of evolution, uh, he defines evolution as an increase in the capacity to experience what is intrinsically valuable. And so the show, we break up the show into three segments, uh, beauty, truth, and goodness. So these, these uh, three sort of concepts are, I mean, recognizable. Uh, people talk about them as the, uh, the transcendental ideals, right? So I'll read just from Wikipedia here. They're connected to the three main human abilities to think, wish, and feel. Uh, they correspond to three aspects of the human field of interest, and their ideals, science, the art, uh, truth, the arts, beauty, and religion. Uh, so philosophical disciplines that study them are logic, aesthetics, and ethics. Jesus of Nazareth alludes to them uh, when he mentions a person's uh, capacities in mind, soul, and heart in the greatest commandment. Vices can mislead one towards egoism, uh, materialism, and hedonism. Jesus was tempted by them and rejected them before he started public life. In Christianity, believers are called to seek virtues of faith, hope, and love that relate directly to God who herself is truth, beauty, and goodness. So just another take on, um, you know, what, what the show is about. Um, and our goal is to just help people increase these, their capacity to appreciate greater levels of beauty, truth, and goodness. And we do that by each week bringing something to talk about that we think is beautiful, that we think is truthful, and that we think is good. All right, well, um, I think we can um, get rolling. Um, we'll jump into format. Okay. And we'll get into the uh, the beauty section. Sounds groovy. Beauty. Okay. Uh, this is the beauty section, and what we do with this uh, section of the show is it's all about it's all about subjective taste, right? So each one of us is going to bring something or that they enjoy, that they they find inspiring, that they find um, you know. Uh, Beautiful, right? So, uh, who wants to go first? Dan, you got something? 
Yeah, I guess I can lead us off. Um, I uh, found an article called Seven Cultural Concepts. Oh, and before I get started, mm-hmm. last, last time, our last show, um, I never mentioned it, but all of my things that I brought were based on music. And yeah. so I've kind of done the same thing this time, only everything's based on culture. Oh, I like your, uh, yeah, I like so your pattern. I don't, I don't know if I'll do a theme like that every time. Yeah, I like time, your but, theme. But I thought about it. Um, so yeah, anyway, the article's called Seven Cultural Concepts mm-hmm. We Don't Have in the U.S. Oh, cool. And it's by um, Star Varton. Nice. And this is found on the Mother Nature Network. Uh, just kind of stumbled upon it here. Um, but it starts off saying, exploring other cultures helps us learn more about ourselves and perhaps find a new celebration or concept that speaks to us. So are you ready for me to mispronounce some words? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Just just, <laughs> just say it like you think it says. Yes. That's what I do. I just say it with confidence, and then yes. most people don't even question it. Okay. Um, I'm not going to do all seven, but I'll do I'll do like five of them here. Uh, the first one is Shinrin Yoku, and it is a Japanese term that means forest bathing. The idea that spending time in the forest in natural areas is good preventative medicine since it lowers stress, which causes or exacerbates some of our most intractable health issues. There's a science behind this. Forest bathing boils down to the naturally produced allochemic substances known as phytoncides, which are <laughs> wow. kind of like pheromones for plants. Their job is to help ward off pesky insects and slow the growth of fungi and bacteria. Hey, I'm a fungi. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> nice. When humans are exposed to photoncides, photoncides, these chemicals are scientifically proven to lower blood pressure, relieve stress, and boost the growth of cancer-fighting white blood cells. Some common examples of plants that give off phytoncides include garlic, onion, pine, tea tree, and oak. So spending time in nature can be beneficial for our health. Sounds so unnatural. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like the, if you get a wound, rub some dirt into it. Yes. You know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a little bit of nature in there is good for you. Yeah. So I think a lot of paper cut and pour some lemon juice on it. (laughs) (laughs) Or urinate on it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think that's, I'm thinking of jellyfish things. (laughs) (laughs) What am I thinking of? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Haiga is the idea that helps Denmark regularly rate as one of the happiest countries in the world. Danes have regularly been some of the most joyful in the world despite long, dark winters. I've heard of this, yeah. Have you? This is a cool concept, yeah. yeah. Loosely translated as togetherness and coziness, yep. though it's not a physical state, it's a mental mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, this is probably my favorite one. Wabi-sabi. Oh. Not to be confused with wasabi, but yeah, wabi-sabi. Which I also love. Yeah, both of you say it. Wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi. All right, listeners at home, say it. Beautiful. All right, some of you didn't say that. I know where you live. <laughs> say it next time. Say it. All right, so anyway, what was I talking about? Say it. Wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi. <laughs> All right, so anyway, wabi-sabi is the Japanese idea of embracing the imperfect or celebrating the work, the cracked, I'm sorry, uh, autocorrect must have done something here. <laughs> Let me start over. It strikes Wa- again. Wabi-sabi is the Japanese idea of embracing the imperfect or celebrating the worn, the cracked, the patinaed. Oh, wow. Both as a decorative concept and a spiritual one. Neat. It's an acceptance of the toll that life takes on all of us. If we can learn to love things that already exist with all our chips and cracks, their crooked lines, then we wouldn't feel the need to have to replace them. It would reduce our consumption, reduce waste, be easy on our budgets and save some great stories for future generations. Wabi sabi. Wabi sabi. Yes. I love it, man. That's, that's I like, like that. The, that's it's like the plates that they sell or the T-shirt saying each one is uniquely made, even though it was yep. made in a factory yeah. or you know mass right. produced. <laughs> it's you know it's it's it has bubbles in it or it has its character. Has, yeah, character. yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is a lot more pure than than that. Right. You know. Right. Okay. Next one. Give me to the kites. I have to say it like that because I love how you did it with gusto. Yeah, it's it's a German word, so you have to say it like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, say it so, angry. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Gemütlichkeit is a German word that means almost the same thing as Heiga. The word means more than just cozy. A soft chair in a coffee shop might be considered cozy, but sit in that chair surrounded by close friends and a hot cup of coffee or tea while soft music plays in the background, and that sort of scene is what you'd call Gemütlichkeit. Sounds cozy. <laughs> it does. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Ah, good stuff, Dan. That's G E M 
U L. Uh, sorry, yeah, never mind. <laughs> you can look at it later. <laughs> I took five years of German and, and oh, for real? Okay, yeah, nice yeah, man. But but well, in high school, and uh, yeah. and so I can understand German pretty mm-hmm. well. Like cool. if people have a conversation, mm-hmm. but I forget most of the things that you know, yeah. conjugation and sure. Oh yeah, the fun stuff. Yeah. Okay, last one I'm going to talk about jugged. Jugged is a Hindi word that means an innovative fix or a repair derived from ingenuity. Think of a bicycle chain repaired with some duct tape. It's a frequently used word in India where frugal fixes are revered and encapsulates the spirit of doing something innovative. Jugged has been seen in other parts of the world as well. In Kenya, entrepreneurs have invented a device that enables bicycle riders to charge their cell phones while pedaling. In the Philippines... Ilic Diaz has deployed a liter of light, a recycled plastic bottle containing bleach-processed water that refracts sunlight, producing the equivalent of a 55-watt light bulb, and is being used in thousands of makeshift houses in off-grid shantytowns. In Lima, Peru, an engineering college student has designed advertising billboards that can convert humid air into potable water. Wow. So, yeah, those are my, yeah. um, that's the article for the most part. Love it. You can go check it out and read it in its entirety. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that pick, Dan. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. Good. Okay, who's up next? Me. Josh, do yes. it. Go for okay. it. Okay. Um, this, uh, this is actually kind of unique in the Great. sense that uh, I'm, I love art, mm-hmm. but I am not uh, big into abstract art, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. However... I have a good friend who is um, very open-minded, mm-hmm. um, funny guy, uh, really one of my best friends, and he's not very artistic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think he has a good eye for art, but he doesn't—he doesn't play music. He doesn't really paint. He doesn't do yeah. anything like that. I know some people like that too. People are—they yeah. have a hard. Some people have a hard time being creative. Like they don't understand yeah. that they are creative. Well, yeah, and, and, that, and yeah. he is because he—he he loves guns. Right. Okay. He, he loves guns. My friend Jason, mm-hmm. favorite thing in the whole wide world, and he's constantly building and creating guns, and that's like uh-huh. his art. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, then something hit him, and he decided that he was going to start making gun art. Huh. So he buys paint cans, and he puts them on top of a, of a canvas, and then he shoots them. Okay. Which is interesting. So he wanted to make something patriotic since that's we have the cool. 4th of July coming up. <laughs> so I borrowed this from him. Nice. And, uh, but yeah, it was fun because I was there the whole time we were out at our campsite, and there he has no shirt on. Wow. Big bad Rambo. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. And, uh, and it turned out great. And he's yeah. done a couple of these. And, yeah. And wow. they're, they're a lot of fun. So great. this was my, this was, I was, I was proud of him because yeah, he was that's, doing. That's definitely creative. Doing I mean. something. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get a picture well, yeah, we'll, of this. We'll, 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 we'll put it up on the website. I hope, I hope your friend is mine. No, okay. uh, not at all. Yeah, we'll, he we'll was excited it. I was bringing it. Um, this this is our first visual art beauty pick, yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. So this is cool, yeah. I hope I held it upright uh, the, the right way, Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Is it upside down? No. Oh, yes. it's a, it's a, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously, it's, it, to, to describe it a little bit, it, it, it looks almost, I mean, it looks like an abstract expressionist sort of painting, almost like a uh, um, splatter, you know, yeah. uh, Splatter type of painting, very uh, Jackson Pollock that Pollock would sense. do. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but yeah, totally cool. I mean, I, I, the, the way that the uh, the painting was, um, you know, constructed is definitely unique. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 him mm-hmm. stretching and growing, trying yeah. different stuff out. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. You know, oh yeah. I mean, he's he's always had the ability to surprise me. And yep. uh, and now that he's doing this, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 growing. You uh-huh. know, my, one of the I think my motto in life mm-hmm. is remain teachable. Oh, at all times. Good motto. And so so I'm always gonna look at something, and I'm not gonna dismiss it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and get something from it. You know, that's a good motto. Yeah, yeah. I agree. H- humans, we have this like we have this like innate need it seems to to just create that that will if left alone will. Yeah. We'll do that no oh, yeah. matter what. I mean, you look at children, like that's, they're constantly oh, yeah. creating things. It's, it's unbelievable. And like, yeah, like I was saying earlier, people, it, they confuse, um, you know, being artistic with being creative. I think humans right. are innately creative. We have this desire to create, like accountants create things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and mathematicians, they create things. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's an art in its own right. Yeah. I feel a lot of people who, 
who don't quite get the concept think they need in order to be creative or artistic mm-hmm. they need to be able to paint or or draw photo realistically no. and it's like no, no. I, I can't even do that because <laughs> you know, it's so self-limiting it's, it's to different. do that yeah. Yeah. yeah creativity is definitely a different thing but I, I'd have to say that this is the first time I've seen a piece of artwork where the paintbrush that was being used is you know you have to make sure the safety's on or <laughs> yep. off at the right time you know oh, yep. yeah totally well thank you guys yeah thanks for bringing it okay um, now I'll jump into my pick and my pick the last I think the last couple picks I brought were uh, TV shows. This is not a TV show. This is a podcast. Dan and I mentioned uh, before that we're big podcast fans. We love Mm -hmm. to listen to audio programs. I listen to them at work quite a bit and and tune from work. I have like a short, well, it's not a short drive. It's like, you know, it's like a 25 minute drive commute to work. And I listen to podcasts in the car uh, quite a bit. And one of them that I listen to is by a comedian named Moshe Kasher. Um, People may know him. People may not know him. But he's a he's a California comedian, grew up in uh, the Oakland area, and um, he started a podcast called the Hound Tall Discussion Discussion Series. And um, I'll read the uh, the uh, description here. The Hound Tall Discussion Series is a live podcast hosted by Moshe Kasher. Uh, it takes a single topic and figures out the mysteries of the universe. Hmm. Yeah, and it's an hour long chat with an expert and a panel of comedians. They learn all there is to know about things. <laughs> and also laugh at them. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's a cool show. So yeah, basically exactly. what they do, they record it live at, um, you know, one of the theaters in L.A. that He's based in L.A. Right. And um, he, trying to, it's, yeah, I think they do it at one of the UCB theaters, the Upright Citizens mm-hmm. Brigade theaters. And um, essentially he, he gets academics and experts and scholars to come on uh, on the show. And then he also gets his comedian friends, all his friends to come on. And then crack jokes. Why this? Why the? Well, uh, the academic and everybody else tries to have co- like a serious, <laughs> in-depth, <laughs> meaningful conversation. It's the best. It's the best show, and That's I think it's. Funny. I think it's beautiful. Um, let me just uh, run through a couple of the topics they they cover. One of the early early ones was harems with uh, Jillian Lauren, <laughs> and the comedians that are on that are Pete Holmes and Beth uh, Stelling. Good old Pete. Yeah, um, they talk about polyamory. With uh, Christopher Ryan, he's like a psychologist, and he he wrote a book on, not on polyamory, but it was about um, human sexuality, like the history of human sexuality. I didn't read the book, but I read some essays by by Ryan. It's pretty cool. Black Holes, they have a a, a physicist come on. Sean Carroll comes on, and uh, they talk about physics. It's pretty fun. Um, History of hip-hop, I love that one, being a hip-hop fan. Um, Magical History. So, so I think they had like oh, a like neat. a legit like magician who's also like a history like a or a, uh, an expert on the history of magic. Okay, comes on and talks about that. Um, really fun. Um, I just recently got into podcasts. Yeah, about I don't know five months ago because uh-huh. I kind of had some health issues and I was in bed a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. And and so I started listening and I was just like like there's Mark, so many Mark Maron. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yep. I mean, I, I, and I tell you what, I learned everything about comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's cool. Every, they get super serious. Show, yeah, yeah. Every show's like, okay, so how did it start? How did you, you know, how did this, Yep. And I mean, and, and from there, I just went on and on and on. And I mean, I, I listen to I, I listen to talk radio a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I try to listen to podcasts more because it's yep. more mm-hmm. intelligent, fair, and not just, you know... Yeah, and you can yeah. really find what you're into. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, with podcasts, yep. Um, yeah, and uh, speaking of Mark Maron, I know uh, Pete Holmes really looks up to him, and he has a podcast called "You Made It Weird," which is really great. Yeah, we love that one. Yeah, um, one of the other shows that uh, Moshe does on Hound Hall is uh, Psychedelics. That was a good one. That was a good episode. Mm. Oh, they did one on Pimpin'. That <laughs> was so funny. I loved it. It was um, who was there? Fillmore was Slim, Fillmore Slim, the legendary pimp who has been in wow. the game for more than fifty years, was on the show. Wow! And it was it was it was kind of um, it was kind of controversial at times because I mean they, they had some female comedians on and they were not like I, like like Moshe is married to um, uh, Natasha Leggero, okay, um, who who's, who was also a famous comedian, pretty well known, and. Um, I know at, at a couple. I think she was on that episode, and um, she she was not liking liking this guy. <laughs> <Too> please, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's really cool. They did one called "Sex and the Occult." Um, that was fun. Christian Atheism. Pete Rollins was on that. Oh wow! Who Dan and I know, and um, he he's kind of popular in um, um, in sort of like progressive Christian circles. Yeah. Um, yep. So 
uh, so check it out. I think, um, yeah, check his podcast. I think that Comedy Central, um, he, I think Moshe, I, I mean, I hear him talking. Uh, and another thing about like the comedy podcast scene is that they all go on each other's podcasts. Yeah. So I, so I hear them, um, talk about the stuff they have going on. And Moshe, Moshe, he, he pitched a show to comedy central based on the podcast. So it's, it'll, and I think comedy central picked it up and they, they're doing nice. episodes. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, I know. And just one more thing. P Holmes, I know he's got that show on HBO now called crashing, which is basically yeah, essentially I'm about his thinking life. about getting HBO to watch it. Yeah. Hmm. Same here. Yeah. yeah. It hurts. Good. Yeah. He, it's, uh, who's, who's, uh, Who's the guy that that's producing it? Um, oh, Apatow. My. Yes, Jed yeah. Apatow. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. So um, one more thing about Moshe. He's he. I have been following him for a while because I've liked his comedy. But um, he wrote a book which I also listened to and I also recommend um, called uh, "Casher in the Rye." Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the subtitle is "The True Tale of a White Boy from Oakland Who Became a Drug Addict, Criminal, Mental Patient, and Then Turned 16. Wow. And it's it's an awesome oh, book. Like, so he's a fascinating story. He, um, yeah, like I said, grew up in Oakland. Well, his parents split when they, he was like a child, I, I think. And his parents were both deaf. Were both, both I think are they're both alive still? Uh, both deaf. So raised by two deaf parents, and then his mom and dad split early. His dad became an ultra ultra conservative uh, Orthodox Jew, and moved to New York like this gated gated area of like long island Mm. and his mom moved to san francisco oakland like the ghetto in of oakland so moshe was was um growing up in this this neighborhood that was pretty rough and uh yeah it's cool it's a really cool story um got into uh had some (laughs) tribulations to say the least i I resonate with it because it was sort of parallel it parallels my my sort of story in, in many ways i was got into some some fun stuff when I was when I was young. Got it out of my system early, but <laughs> good for you. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, you me, know. me, not so much. You know, <laughs> it, it took me a little while longer. Yeah. So, hey, but, you know, but at least I'm on the the green side of the earth and, and oh, totally, man, and aiming up. Yep. So Cool. All right. Well, that's um that's the beauty segment. I think I I think we're good to move on to the uh, to the next segment, and it is the truth section. Okay, Dan, you're up. Okay. Uh, well, my truth section segment is from an article from a magazine Jesse and I know, know well called Relevant Magazine. Um, and this issue is actually way back in a 2008, um, but I, I still think it's just a really neat... Right, archived. Yeah, archived. <laughs> and uh, there was an article written by Christine Stanley called God Bless the Broken Road. And the article talks about how missionaries have been doing some good work in Nagaland, mm-hmm which is in northeastern India. And it's really great that they've gone and helped to change lives and, you know, share Jesus with them and everything. Uh, but something else happened as well. The Naga people were introduced to Western culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's great that they were going there, but uh, the influence of Western culture is erasing their identity. Uh, and here's a, a short snippet from the article. It says, the Naga, an in indigenous people of Indo-Mongoloid descent, thought to have migrated to their current territory more than 500 years ago, uh, have in just three generations undergone a rapid religious transformation that's inspired the majority of Nagaland's two million people to, de- to dedicate their lives to Christ. The conversion has proven positive on a number of social levels for these hill tribes, but change didn't come without severe and ultimately detrimental impacts to the, the very way Nagas understood themselves, their history, and their future. In fact, their cultural transformation has been so marked that many Naga believe that with certainty, in 10 or so years, the traditions of this culture will cease to exist. Um, and just here's, here's a few things that some of the Naga people has, have said themselves. Uh, the younger generation will lose our identity. We've totally forgotten the traditions of our culture. Another says, we should keep our identity. I highly object to these changes. You see my tattoos? Any man should have these tattoos. They make you handsome. But now my son thinks not. He has said no to them, and that is his choice. Uh, Someone else says, Hmm. the missionaries came and we jumped from one life to the next without the journey in between. And that's dangerous. So now we have a Bible in our hands, but no land or tradition. It pains me. Wow. Um, 
Another one, first, we could not differentiate between culture and faith. We thought that all things our forefathers used were evil, traditional song and dance, ethical values. All these things we disregarded with the introduction of Christianity, and many of these items were destroyed. And one more says, we don't just blame Christianity, but also modernity, uh, Western lifestyle, dress, music. It was all coming together at the same time, and we could not differentiate. And that was the problem. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of, like, particularly evangelical Christianity, right? This notion that, you know, um, Christians go to evangelize, right, quote unquote, um, another culture. um, And uh, it's really, the article mentioned it, it's it's really just Western civilization Mm -hmm. dressed up as, you know, uh, it's modernity in, in, yeah. in a Christian f- form. Um, it's, it's, it's colonization. They're, they're colonizing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of trouble with just this idea of sort of having to condense, right. Or reduce everything. Mm. I think, uh, I, I tend, I tend to be a, a religious pluralist. Um, I think that, um, every culture is unique and different and that yes, we can learn from each other, and we have to, right? We live on the same planet, and we have to learn from each other. But, but at the same time, we don't, we diminish difference if we go, if we go to someone and say, you know, you have to be like me. If I want right. to colonize you and reduce you into a certain set of beliefs, you have to follow this, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's bad. It's one of the problems with monotheism, to be completely honest. Um, but I've read a, a couple, couple books on this uh, about the history of monotheism. And one of the things that monotheism did very well was to help organize people and cultures under a common sort of set mm-hmm. of values and was easy to control people. Yeah. It was easy to control people with monotheism. But one of the things it doesn't do well is to appreciate difference. Mm. Um, and that's problematic, yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, but it was, that's a good pick. Um, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that relevance, you know, writing stuff like writing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and this was back in 2008. Yeah. You know, they've only progressed. And they're an there. evangelical Christian magazine. Yeah. It was a little, I'd say on the progressive side. Yeah. Definitely. They, they tend to be, although they, um, they, they balance it out with some conservative stuff at yeah, times. You sometimes, know. sometimes they just had Rob Bell mm-hmm. on again the other sure. week, and of course they always get a lot of mm-hmm. gruff about that from their mm-hmm. listeners. But <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I love it when did. he's on there. I yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the uh, like you're saying um, about well the what you read. I would love to go back now mm-hmm. and ask them. So in the last you know yeah. seven ten years, you know however many years. Um, you know, what's changed? Hmm. Has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? That would you know? be interesting to have that same person who wrote the article and went down there would go there again and yeah. see what's Yeah, yeah, check up, check up with them. Yeah. yeah cool. I, th- I think uh, one of the biggest problems is, you know, we have kind of this Americanized version of Christianity in this country, and we kind of, instead, it's very, you know, it's very exclusive instead of all-inclusive. It should be a worldwide thing where it's not us and them. It's just It's just all of us. Yeah, I heard. I heard on the radio on Sunday. I'll just this because it it, it uh, involves what you, what you're talking about, and mm-hmm. um, they uh, they said that a lot of people in Christianity or in any religion mm-hmm. um, that believes that you know they like their wishes. If everybody could just follow the same thing, mm-hmm. we would all have the same values, and everything <laughs> would be okay. Yeah. And and the the person that was speaking said they're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. They're, they're what the real answer is is why can't everybody just be like me? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. because it does come down to that selfish you know end yep. of things. You know, if you don't watch it, and also if you expose yourself to a million different ideas, you kind of dilute or you run the risk of diluting your own beliefs. Yeah. Because I was well, you become, somebody... You become less certain, I would say. Yeah. About yeah. your own beliefs. Yeah, because, I mean, I pick, I pick stuff from a bunch of different religions. I, I definitely view myself as, a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a, a Christian and, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, I went through that whole searching sure. phase where I just, mm-hmm. you know, started, you know, dipping my toe, pinky yep. toe into every little pool mm-hmm. yep. and seeing what was out there. Yeah. And, uh, and I like to think I'm fairly well balanced now. Mm-hmm. But if you found somebody that was just 
strict one one belief system. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't fall. My, my my plinko thing would bounce right off the board and land on the floor. It wouldn't fall into the little right. category at the bottom. Right? Yeah, we're all influenced, you know, by everything. Right? We we all have different influences. We're all affected by each other. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um Oh, but but good pick, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. I like that. that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. You want to go next, Josh? Yes. Mine is uh, a quote, Great. Uh, but it's one that uh, that I've been carrying around for a long time. Um, I learned it a long time ago, and uh, it's by I have the the, the correct name uh, elsewhere, but Herbert Spencer is the one who was known for kind of bringing it into the limelight, but there was a guy, huh. um, a, a philosopher back mm-hmm. in, um, I think the early 1800s mm-hmm. is where he came up with this. And then Herbert Spencer said it and put it into print, and he's the one that usually gets credited, the the other guys on there. So, Great. Um, but it's, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, mm-hmm. which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Interesting. Hmm. Can you read that again? Yeah. Sure. That's good. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And it's simply just not having an open mind, but it puts it in words that make you say, you know, it's like, well, you know, screw you, man. You know, yeah. you're riding a bike. I'm, I'm on roller skates. Have you ever ridden a bike? Well, no. We'll try it. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Contempt prior to investigation. Right. right. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's that seems like a, uh, a logical fallacy. I th- I'm pretty sure that that would shoot. There's a name for that. I think pretty, I'm pretty sure that's also like a logical fallacy. Yeah. Um, to, to condemn something based on preconceived notions, you know. Or something like that. Um, yeah, I can. I there the word is in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contempt prior to investigation, and you think about it too, because you know if you, if if your opinion on something, mm-hmm. if if like one person's stance is one thing, mm-hmm. and your stance is an emphatic no, yes, that's probably <laughs> not right. You know, you should yeah. have a. You can say I disagree with that, and this is why. Yes. But but a lot of times it is. It's that knee jerk reaction. Yes. You know, it's that it's that you know I just. I just disregard what you're saying as soon as your mouth opens, you know? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, I've encountered it so many times. It's kind of like a couple of shows ago where I was trying to boycott cilantro. <laughs> yep. Know, it's like, I, I don't believe anyone should eat it if, uh-huh. even if they enjoy it. And no, I'm just kidding, but yeah. I, got, I, like I can't stand cilantro either. Oh, thank you. Yes. I'm one of those people that tastes like soap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Soap and bleached. Like uh, a combination of the two. It's delicious. Yeah. Delicious yeah, on like tacos. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> nobody, um, nobody saw that sarcastic look on the face, so just to, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I can, I can, I can just say it like this: I love bleach soap tacos. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Who yeah, does the it? Sarcasm was oh, a little, gosh. little more up, up front there. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, enough about that. Let's not let the cilantro thing become a running gag on the show. Let's just, just drop it. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but to, to your to your quote that I, I, I can say, like, um, and and speaking of like the knee jerk reaction thing. I can say, like, honestly, um, I, you know, just, just being self-reflective, um, things that, that I have a strong sort of animosity toward, you know, just being completely honest and, and um, trying to be um, aware, self-aware, um, a lot of times it is, it is based on ex- experiences. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's okay, you know. And um, sometimes people will have a bad experience with something and then re- sort of react strongly to it. And... It's a whole process, working through that, right? Like realizing that, okay, my experience isn't necessarily everyone's experience. Um, it's true for me, and, and we can all try to accept that. Um, but, you know, I have to accept that it's not everyone's experience, and because just because I had this bad experience, it's not necessarily you know, yeah. the case. So, for instance, um, um, well, religious fundamentalism is a thing, right? So uh, I often say that, um, like evangelical, like fundamental evangelical Christians make the worst atheists. Like they're, they're the ones who become like the most hardcore, fundamental, like militant, non anti-theists. They go from one extreme to the other. Correct. Yeah. That's, mm. that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of times there is this sort of animosity and this 
unwillingness to investigate, right? Without, you know, with, you know, without, what was it, with contempt or without contempt? Um, yeah, yeah uh, contempt prior to investigation. Right, to have mm-hmm. this contemptuous yeah. attitude prior to investigation. Um, yeah, a lot of times, and it's crazy, and people just can't see past, right, those. And a lot of times, if you dig deep, it, it, it's because of there's hurt there, there's pain there, right? But yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Mm. <laughs> I guess yeah. if we're on the receiving end of that, you know, we're, we're talking with someone, um, I guess to try to be conscious of that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah give it a... Give it a chance. Yeah. Sometimes it can be beneficial that somebody isn't into something like you are. And right. So, like, like when we go to the uh, Hana, the Japanese yeah. steakhouse here, um, mm-hmm. my, my wife will give me the tomatoes yeah. off her salad. And I, will give her the, <laughs> yeah. I will give her the mushrooms from my soup because <laughs> we both hate those things and, yeah. and you know, and, and yeah. love the other thing. And it's beneficial. Good point because also those people can give us valuable insights into yeah. something that is problematic with something we like. Right, so the person that that has that contemptuous stance, right, prior to investigation, oftentimes they have investigated, although not in a wide sort of deep way. Um, again, we're, we're talking about experiences. Maybe they had a bad experience, and now they have this contemptuous stance prior to further investigation. Right? Maybe we can put it yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that person can still teach us about negative aspects. Right? So a lot of times, like I said, I will go back to the, the example of sort of ex-evangelical fundamentalists who were raised in super conservative households, they oftentimes tend to know the Bible pretty well, right? Yep. And they can talk about that sort of culture that does abuse, right, scripture, yeah. right? And they can, they can shed light on that. And that's important. Yeah, and well, even though scripture puts all mm-hmm. the, you know, Jesus yeah. puts all the emphasis on loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, they're putting their emphasis on being right, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they completely yeah. glaze over that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and, and those people who react strongly against it and become militant, anti-religious yeah. people, like you know, like 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 your Dawkins, like your Hitchens, you know, the, the, those those types of folks, they can they can they had sort of have a prophetic sense, right? Mm-hmm. They can call religious people to do better religion, to to recognize that yeah, you know, religion can be pernicious, and as religious people right if we are religious people uh we do but we need to battle bad theology with good theology yeah you know and i think i think what you what you said about um uh, about experiencing something sometimes um like i i, I don't I, I pretty much know that i don't want to poke myself in the stomach with a knife yeah <laughs> and if i meet somebody that likes to do that I have a pretty good idea from other other you know experiences. It's <laughs> sure. not going to be my thing, but unless you're to, Wolverine, to call back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to call, just saw Logan. Oh, awesome, man. I want to see, see that. Um, but to go back, uh, Jesse, I don't think yeah. you're a big pimp. <laughs> However, you watched the podcast on big pimping yeah. and you learned a lot. Oh yeah, and it's it's that being open to the huh. the idea of sure. learning. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it goes back to that remain teachable. Yeah. you know, great. Good pick. Thank Love you. it. Yeah. Good conversation, yeah. Um, we'll move on. What uh, do you got? Yeah, we'll move on to my pick. And it is... I'll try to make it quick. It's, it's a little political. I, I haven't gotten super political yet on this on the show. But this is a... I'll post it in the show notes. It's an article. It's a blog post by uh, a writer named Adam Kotzko. He, he has a blog um, called And Udfersik. Uh, another German, another German word. I know for a second. I believe it means <laughs> itself by itself or something. The, the, the blog is itself. It's, it's, it's a humanities blog. And um, <clears throat> he, the blog post is called Russia and Rot. Okay. Um, so there's been a lot of talk in uh, the news about this Russian investigation. Right. I haven't noticed. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to miss, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, I, I think, I, I think, uh, uh, Professor Kotzko here has, has a great, um, uh, great, great point here, um, and I'll just read a little bit. He starts off: If Trump colluded with the Russians to influence the election, it would be a very bad thing. If said collusion provides a path to remove him from office, then that would be a good thing. That both of these points are true, however, does not detract from the equally true fact that liberal obsession with the Russia issue is a symptom of a much deeper blindness about the reality of our political situation. Okay, and he goes on to say, 
unless the Russians literally hacked into the voting machines, which I just saw something come out about, they actually did try to do that and mm. got pretty close. Anyway, um, he says, which no one is uh, alleging so far. Um, he, he wrote this before that news came out. He goes on to say, then their interference ultimately depends on finding a receptive audience. Okay. Putin did not and could not create such an audience. That is a completely homegrown phenomenon. Assuming the Russia story is true, it is undoubtedly bad that Putin was able to manipulate the American public with transparent bullshit to the point that a vulgar, incompetent bigot who has never held a job in his life could be appointed to the most powerful office on earth. No question, we're dealing with something bad that we should be upset about. And yet, surely, the very fact that such a scheme was possible in the first place is the real problem. It points to a deep rot in the American public discourse, of which anyone who has ever visited home for Thanksgiving was surely aware. And so, I mean, that's, that's the gist of his, of his blog post, and he goes on, and it's so good, because he goes on to talk about how, well, I mean, the rod, so public discourse on the rod, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, do people talk about politics well? I don't think so. It's like, it's like everything no. else, right? So what, do you, what, do you, what don't you talk about at, at dinner, right? Religion and politics. Religion and politics. The two things yeah. that are perhaps the most meaningful yeah. in, in life, right? So Paul Tillich is a famous theologian, and he talks about, I love his definition of religion. He talks about religion as being uh, concern, matters of ultimate concern. That's what religion is about. Yeah. And I think politics is very close. Matters of ultimate concern, right? Politics is about, is about how we sort of organize and, uh, you know, act in, in, in a society, how we organize ourselves, hmm. essentially. And, yeah, we don't, we don't talk about it very well. No. <laughs> no. I feel like social media has really ruined a lot of things yeah. concerning, oh. concerning politics. And right. It's, it's made politics more emotional than fact-based. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's who can yell the loudest. I think his point is, is critical, right, that, that Russia couldn't have brainwashed people or fooled people. Like, I mean, all these sites, man, all this, like, this quote-unquote fake news, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do people buy into this stuff, you know? And it's, it's kind of simple. It's, 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 you know, you can't, on, on one hand, you can't, you can't blame Republicans, right? Um, because, you know, Hillary Clinton, like, Republicans were, you know, raised from, from birth to, to hate Hillary Clinton, right? Anything mm-hmm. she did um, to the point that they would believe anything about her. Right, this thing that came out, you know, during the election when these emails were yeah. released, that she was involved in some kind of child slavery huh. thing. Pizza yeah, gate. yeah, you heard about it? I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's absolutely insane. Like the pizza, this pizza place, right? And someone shows up to the pizza place, yeah, with, with a gun, a gun. Yeah, there's there's no basement. They were, they were supposed to be stored in the basement, and there's no basement in the pizza place. But the point is, like, I mean, Democrats are, Democrats are as much to blame, you know for what happened. So, yeah, I mean, uh, on one hand, you can't blame people. Uh, they're raised to hate Hillary Clinton, and she's not, I mean, I, I genuinely ended up warming up to her, but at the same time, I could care less about her ambitions, right? And uh, Costco says this, too. Um, the country was not, where he, he, he writes here, the country was not worth risking uh, for the sake of eking out a historical win for her. The hatred of 40% of Americans for Hillary Clinton is a fact, and and is the fact that many of those Americans are college-educated suburban American women. I know one of those women, my own mother, he says, who could never bring herself to vote for someone so vile as Hillary Clinton and who didn't vote for Trump so much as against that woman. Um, he says, alienating the Democratic base for the sake of reaching those women was delusional, just as assuming that once the Russian connections are revealed, surely Trump supporters will realize uh, they were scammed. Uh, they were scammed is delusional. They were already, there was already ample evidence that Trump was running a scam. There has seldom been as much evidence for anything in all of human history. Is adding Russia into the mix going to tip the balance? We already know that many Trump supporters are all too eager to embrace Russia as an ally, precisely because Trump is favorable favorable to Putin. Um, What do you expect to happen when they learn that Russia is helping their idol? So, yeah, it's it's disturbing to me, Um, but... uh, well, that's a really good point. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my truth pick. Um, and you know, uh, I liked it. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I guess we can we can keep on moving. Um, yeah, we've you. got the next section coming up, and it is the goodness pick. 
Goodness. Okay, this is the goodness section of the show. And let's see. This is, wow, this is the section that we talk about things that are, you know, things that are rocking. Well, we've, 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 done, uh, we, we've done religion and we've done politics, oh, yeah. Yeah. so it can only go up from here. Yeah, I mean, so typically, like, like yeah, like in philosophy, uh, ethics or morality and religion, but, you know, it's, it's stuff that um, we try to keep, in general, we try to keep it positive, although not yeah. always, because we can, you know, what is good without something that's not so good. You can't have the sweet without the bitter. Yeah. Mm-mm. What do you got, Dan? Something sweet or something bitter? Uh, this is definitely sweet. Um, <laughs> this is oh, like, yeah. Kind of a funny story I came across years ago. Um, and it, it, the it kind of somewhat relates to the last mm-hmm. thing that I talked about, um, about, you know, different cultures and, yeah. you know, Western, civil, uh, mm-hmm. Western impact on that. And I actually uh, blogged about this years ago, too, and mm-hmm. both of these things show up in the same blog post Great. on there. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I shared a blog post from a lady who goes by uh, the name Stacy from Louisville. She doesn't blog anymore. I haven't, I haven't seen her blog since cool. 2010. But I learned about her from John Acuff, who okay. is known for doing the a blog called um, Stuff Christians Like, okay. which is just a blatant ripoff of stuff white people like, which is, you know, <laughs> Christian culture does that the best, ripping off popular culture. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of why I did it. It was almost um, it's kind of, uh, what would you call that, kind of meta? <laughs> Parody. Oh, yeah, Parody. meta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> so anyway, Stacy tells a story of a time she was taking a cross-cultural communication class in college. How's that for alliteration? Nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. They had a guest speaker who was a missionary come in. This is a story he shared with the class. And Stacy writes, uh, When he and his wife first began their ministry in Africa, a large portion of their financial support came from one particular church. He frequently sent that congregation letters to update them on how his work was progressing. On one occasion, he sent several photos. The women of the church were horrified to see that the women of the tribe were naked from the waist up. In response to what they thought was the ungodly offensive nature of the native women, the church came together to collect T-shirts for each one. The shirts were then sent to the missionary as a surprise for these impoverished women. Several weeks later, the missionary sent another letter to the church. In it, he enclosed a photo. He relayed that the women were so overjoyed with the colorful T-shirts, so much so they cut special holes in them so they could wear them and still feed their children. The picture showed a large group of smiling African women wearing new T-shirts with the front cut out. <laughs> wow, that's 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 great. That's though. great. It's, I love that. Know, I didn't look at it and say, ah, uh, and you know, toss them. Right. They're 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 wearing them. Oh, they totally. Them. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we can use these. Yeah. <laughs> Let me fix them up a little bit. <laughs> So it completely uh, defeated the purpose That's of great. why they were sent, but it was just hilarious because yeah. they... That know, is really good. Yeah. That's a good, good pick. That's good. That is a good, you know, a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. No, I think I like the story. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun story because it, it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it turns it sort of on its head, right? Yeah, it does. at first, you know, it's a little messed up that they're trying to well first of all that that they're that they're scared of of naked bodies yeah or female mm-hmm. bodies like come on that's some sexual repression there mm-hmm. um but and, and and i love how they just flip the script yeah on them you know yeah, we can still <laughs> hey. feed our kids yeah totally that's great um cool good pick dan thanks, thanks. Like that. all right josh uh this is actually good um because i was uh i i had picked out what i wanted to use and uh, in my in the music that I do, uh, I'm I'm an emotional nice. exhibitionist, cool. and I have to I have to stop that though because it gets me in trouble. Now a lot of the times the music that I make, it's good because it's coming from the heart, and mm-hmm. or at least I think it's good or whatever. But I I've tried to pull back from that because I've I've overstepped that line a number of times. Um, so the first thing that I had picked was emotional exhibitionism. And I realized, I said, oh, this is something I probably shouldn't be putting out, you know, because people know people and and I don't want it to. So I I was struggling a little bit and uh, I got an email Mm -hmm. and it was from NineInchNails.com. I had uh, pre-ordered some vinyl records Mm -hmm. um, and they were supposed to ship a while ago. And then I finally got this email saying, 
Hi, this is Trent, Trent Reznor, Oh, wow. Nails. Um, not personal. Yeah. He yeah. sent it out gotcha. to everybody that was waiting on yeah. these backwards. Okay, gotcha. Okay. This is goodness. This is heart. He, he, he sent this, this message. It wasn't super long, but he said, look, he said, we had to switch companies. I know you've all been waiting for this stuff. Um, I made sure that everything was, you know, up to snuff, that this stuff was going to get produced and sent out on time. Uh, I was wrong. I made a wow. mistake. You know, I thought all this had been taken care of, and, and, and I, was, I was wrong. And he, he said, you know, so I apologize. Here's a whole bunch of information for you so you knew cool. what happened. I take full responsibility mm-hmm. for this. And then, boom, I get another email, and he's sending out, like, a 50% out vo- voucher for, like, if you ever order something in the future. Nice. It's just wow. – it's, it's a little thing. Yeah. But the fact that he took ownership for that, you know. Definitely. And, uh, and, and I mean, it seems like a little thing, but I, I like when people in the music uh, industry do things that are out of character. You know, uh, I remember when Radiohead put out In Rainbows and they released it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other, yeah. other, some other bands started doing that type of thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, pay, pay what you want, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yep. And they found that a lot of people paid the normal oh, yeah. amount. It was right. just the fact that they, you know. So I like people that think outside the box like that. I like people that take ownership. Yep. You know, I try to be somebody that's going to take ownership. Uh, I, I don't succeed often, but I'm trying, and I'm cool. trying to be better. So that just I, – I got that today, and it just it made me smile because yeah. I saw somebody I respected doing something I can respect, you know? Nice. So. Ah, oh, good pick. Thanks. Yeah, I love that. Good pick, man. Thank you. Okay, um, I'll move on to mine, and it's um, it's pretty quick, pretty quick one. It's – um. This just came out on uh, Sunday. The California Senate passes single-payer health care proposal. That's fantastic. That is good in my mind. I, I, do think, I do think we need to take care of each other. You know, I think that, uh, that we're, we live in a society, you know, and that we're all interconnected, right? And, and that, you know, on some level, if we, we can think about it, we can talk about it as reality being geez, just society's all the way down, hmm. you know? Yeah, the, the, the point being is that, look, wow, when something happens to someone uh, in our society, it's going to impact us. And I, I'll, the family, the family, the small society known as the family is an example. If my child gets sick and can't go to school, you know, I got to stay home and take care of the kid. Mm-hmm. That affects me. It affects me in multiple ways. I, I can't do things that I wanted to do. My freedoms are limited or constrained at that point a bit more than they typically would be if my child was healthy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm required to stay home and take care of the kid. I have to miss work, right? right? Taking care of each other is something that we have responsibility for. I have responsibility to take care of using the family again. I have responsibility to take care of my children, right? right. Um, a personal responsibility. Conservatives and libertarian types like to talk about personal responsibility, Right. They should go out and get jobs. These losers who don't work. Right. They should they have responsibility, you know, get, go out and get a job. Absolutely. You know, we, we all have a certain degree of freedom. Um, but, you know, we do have a personal responsibility in using the family again. I have a responsibility to take care of my kids. They're they're not very helpful. They, they don't they don't supply me with money for our household. Financially, they're they're a drain and they're both too young to help around the house. They don't do any chores yet. Eventually, maybe someday. But, geez, one could think about children, young children, as a burden, right? Right. I don't think of them that way, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, instead, I, I, I think of them as people that I love and care about and take care of because, you know what? Wow, I've realized that they're a part of me. They define me in some part. And I'm Yes, they're dependent on me, but I'm in large part dependent on them because yeah. they help define me. They help constitute me. They make me who I am. Our society does the same thing. We're not people apart from our society. If we take all of our relationships away, right, there's nothing left. There's no substantial self left. We are our relationships. So California is doing something cool, something good, I think. I like, I, I like the thing I like about that is... Yeah. is that the state yeah. is taking the action. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. 
I believe, like, you know, don't kill. That's something everybody in the world yeah. should agree with, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but sometimes whitewashing over yeah. everything with one belief. Right. It's, I like, I like seeing the states doing these things because mm-hmm. what they're going to do is they're going to start it. It's going to catch on. Yeah. Another state's going to do it. Another state's mm-hmm. going to do it. And it'll, it'll continue. And the thing is, is maybe not all 50 states will do it. You know, right. probably not. But guess what? You don't like it. Move to a different state. Right. <laughs> you know, stay where we are. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying about sort of like the, the, um, the, uh, what do they call it? Like the experiments, the democratic experiments, the states being that way, like laboratories, right? Um, and I think that's that's true in large part. Like states can do great things, you know, and they can experiment and try different things. At the same time, it cuts, it, it does cut both ways, and I struggle with that. Um, you know, uh, I, str- I I don't have a firm sort of position on you know where I stand as far as like centrism right like that like you know maybe there should be a strong centralized government and or you know something like what we have where it's um sort of uh what do they call it like a federalist system where mm-hmm. sort of you have all the states and they they interact and the powers co- sort of spread out um or even the, there's like a, a confederation where the uh the, the big state which is what a lot of like libertarians sort of argue for um where the large state uh, sort of federal system is subordinate to the state to the smaller systems you know and i don't have a firm position on that um i think i think what we have you know is as good as anything and we can always make it better we shouldn't stop and think that we have stuff figured out but um but yeah it cuts both ways is what my point yeah, was because yeah. you have like states southern states that are that are trying to take rights away from trans people mm-hmm. you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing so it cuts both ways you know it's, yeah. and that's problematic i think um where in, in a strong centralist system where you could make everybody respect trans people or you know let lgbtq people be treated with you know equal equally yeah. um you know but you know hey so yeah we'll see what happens um hey we'll see what happens with this healthcare thing i'm gonna be following it so Cool. This is this is great. I think. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, uh, we should probably do we should do plugs because we didn't get to talk about Josh much, man. What kind of what kind of stuff do you have going on? You you do a lot of cool music. Uh, yeah. Let me let me give you the uh, um, the encapsulated. Yeah. Um, so the the band that I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a one person deal right now. is yep. Quiet Rise. Cool. Uh, I've released uh, two what I would call major release albums nice. that I that I pressed and you know sell copies of and whatnot. And then I have a, a Bandcamp page and a SoundCloud page and all all the little trinkets yeah. and, and whatnot. But my Bandcamp page, yeah. I put out a number of different albums. Like I did cool. an Ambient album. Um, Excellent. I released some stuff that I made back in 2000. You know, like really like beginning weird mm. electronic noise. Nice. Um, I have a really good friend um, who wishes to remain nameless, but I'll, his band name is ATMTA. Uh, he's a good friend of mine that lives in... Um, in uh, Austin, Texas, and he and I lived together uh, cool. ten years ago. No, well, no, fifteen years ago now. Seventeen years ago. Wow, nice. I'm getting old. Time flies, man. Yeah, seventeen <laughs> years ago, and we did music then. And then all through the years, we've dabbled back and forth with different little projects. Yeah, right on. And now he and I do. You know, I'm Quiet Rise. He, he's ATMTA. Cool. And we do these albums. And he he he's a lot more abrasive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lot more uh, dirty. Um, you know, he swears a lot more. Um, he, cool. he his 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 subject matter is sometimes subversive, mm-hmm. and I, I I hesitate sometimes putting it on my page. <laughs> right. And, and nice. he's listening to this and he's laughing. You know, <laughs> so so I'm not I'm not throwing him under the bus at all. <laughs> we have made uh, about five. Joint albums. Right on. Um, we we put out a Halloween album uh, every year, um, and uh, and uh, we just did uh, an album called Undecision. Okay. Um, nice. And what we did was we took all the president. This was this was on inauguration. Second track for each candidate, and it's it, it 
it borders on the unlistenable at times. Uh, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor. There's cool. a lot of not tongue-in-cheek in-your-face humor. <laughs> nice. You know? um, but it, it turned out great. Um, we have an album called Versus Evil cool. um, that is just one of my favorite things that we've done. So him and I are constantly working on something, you know. Uh, uh, my big thing right now is I'm working on my third major album, mm-hmm. and it's coming along really slow. Um, it's it's tentatively called the Pain Album because oh. the last two years have been, you know, I lost a lot in the last two years, and mm-hmm. it's been a struggle. And so mm-hmm. I'm really trying to pour myself into that. And so far, I only have a few tracks, but the I, I did have the one track. Excellent. Um, yeah, we'll play some. Waking Up. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping busy with that. Uh, I still write, you know. I had a, a recovery blog. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in there to add to it, but I have something like 40 entries because I, I kind of right I ran out of of stuff to think and talk about. Gotcha. And I said, rather than you know just trying to squeeze blood out of a stone, you know, I'll take a break. And now every two, three, four months, I'll go in and I'll write one. Cool. But uh, that's five y a c dot blogspot dot com, and that's gotcha. five years and counting. Which Great. now it's more like eight. Right. right on, right on. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, I, I I have I'm doing a lot of lot of just yeah. different writing and music and trying to right. have fun. And so uh, people can people can Google uh, or, or just search for the band name. Yeah, if you just look up Quiet Rise, nice. Um, and you can go to to Bandcamp, right on, and look for it there. Or even just go to YouTube. There's a ton of videos Excellent. on YouTube. Great. So, What's Great. the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, I don't have I don't have a channel. I don't probably just search don't. for it. It's okay. just it's just under my name, but like oh, cool, I just cool. I just put the I just put the stuff in it. So if the title it's collected over the years, so. yeah. Usually, if it's in the title of the video and stuff, it should come right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, we're 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 like the top ten or fifteen entries if you type oh, in great. Quiet Rise on YouTube. So Perfect. that's an Perfect. easy way for people to find it. I like how it almost sounds like Quiet Riot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay. And Dan, got anything going on? Um, Not too much going on at the moment. Um, I know we usually give out where we can find us. Yeah. um, And I'm I'm usually just on Facebook, but I have Mm -hmm. um, 
I have a Twitter account now, so you nice. can find me. Okay, at, man. Fancy pants. Dan Lou seven eight. That's D A N L E W seven eight. So perfect. I haven't done a whole lot on it, but uh-huh. yeah. Right on. Uh, I, I expect lots of jokes and okay. puns. All right. <laughs> <I'll try. laughs> and uh, increased capacity has a Facebook page. It's uh, just Facebook slash increased capacity. Um, and I will plug WXPI, um, and it's WXPIRadio.org, uh, and support community radio. Go there, you know, donate. You can, you can, uh, you can just, you can volunteer, um, donate or, uh, underwrite, sponsor, anything like that. Um, yeah, cool, cool thing to do. Um, I'm, I'm supporting local art. Oh yeah, totally. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's important. Um, and, um, I'm on social media, uh, Jesse Turry, J-E-S-S-E-T-U-R-R-I, um, uh, on Twitter, and it's uh, jessieturry.com. I blog as well there. And uh, I, have des- I do graphic design, and you can find some of that there. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about all we got. We will be back. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're also on – I mean, this, this, this show will be, um, be podcasted as well, so in case people miss the uh, – the, the broadcast on WXPI. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, and uh, I will also plug uh, Draft Squad, who did our, who, uh, again, always does our uh, intro theme, theme song. So, and, and I guess that's, that's about it. We're going to wrap it up. And uh, we'll see you next time on Increased Capacity. No sleep.